Hey, Brenton, where are you? I'm in your dining room. That's a rather odd location. Is it? Well, it's not as odd as some of the condos and homes we've seen over the years, I guess. We have seen some places. We've seen some places and some weird places. Let's put it that way. Yes. Um, it's San Francisco. Space is at a premium. And San Franciscans are creative. So I don't know that it qualifies as, as being creative, but kind of one of the, the more, well, I don't know that it would work for me situations are the ones we see right above bars. Um, because in kind of mixed use buildings, three or four units, established neighborhood, ground floor retail of some sort with a couple homes above, good times. Good times. And these days when a new building is built um, they, with ground floor retail, there's more soundproofing and such. But there's a building at 16th and Guerrero that has a handful of condos over a couple businesses, one of which is a pretty rockin' bar. And back in my very early days in real estate in 2001, one of my coworkers in the office wanted to buy a new place. And he said, oh, will you come look at this place with me? It's on Lockbox. And he didn't realize by the address what building it was in over this bar. And we go park and we're walking and he's like, oh, it's that building with a... It's like, oh, that's why it's priced like that. And <laughs> it's so it's a three or four story building. I think it's a three story building. And the unit that was on the market was the top floor. But we went downstairs to the bartender. It was, we were there like three o'clock in the afternoon. And we said, hey, can you turn on the music as loudly as you play it on a Friday or Saturday night? And who nogi, it was loud. And I mean, your feet were vibrating two floors up. That's loud. Who buys that? I don't know. Someone who goes to bars like that. I don't know. I guess there's that. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's a disclosure item no matter what. But I mean, still, that's that's just like, who buys that? Yeah. Somebody did. Somebody did. Uh, and it has traded multiple times, you know, since then. Yeah. Uh, there is a market for everything, right? There is. Uh, but it's also, you know, I, I don't know if it sounds flip or not, you know, but you can change anything about a property except its location. Exactly. Um, you know, so if you want to be at, you know, 16th and Guerrero and, and that's your overwhelming primary objective, right? You'll, you'll find a way to make it work. There's, there's earplugs. insulation, there's earplugs, um, you know, there's, there's always a buyer for everything. As my, my mom's real estate agent says, his saying is for, um, there's a butt for every toilet. This is a, a true statement. And I mean, it's not like it's just noise that causes problems. We, uh, we once had uh, the buyers that fell in love with that awesome kind of New Orleans style house down in the Bayview. Um, and its problem was actually probably the opposite, right? Like the lots around it, silence, because they were all... It was all commercial and industrial. Yeah. And so we couldn't find, uh, at the time, a lender who would lend. Yeah, that, because it was surrounded by um, unlike properties. There were um, it was just this this one little residential lot in the midst of there was a um, there was some sort of like scrap metal place and there was a big 
warehouse across the street and there was like scrap metal and there was the junkyard and there was like the salvage tires and then oh, the tires. there was another bar right there was that that kind of really sketchy bar <laughs> that was um just the other side of the street and then there was like the vacant lot that had all of the broken down cars in it yeah, that was a fun one. Sell it, Matt. <laughs> well, that, that house, um, every time it's on the market, I always, like, I, I love that house. And it was on the market again last year. It's a really cool house. It's, it's a really cool house. Uh, a very artistic, very interesting house. But yeah, so I mean, um, in, you know, in this situation, it was, it was what was surrounding it because, you know, that wasn't going to work. Uh, even if it wasn't something that from a buying standpoint, you know, the buyer cared about they were like this is great you know i've got tons of privacy it worked for them but to the lender it was it was a no-go because it yeah. was too strange of a property um to kind of fit within their their model exactly and go, what were we gonna say nothing all right then the other one that that made me think of are um when you see cottages at the back of lots Yep, and when you see cottages at the back of lots, you always hope for a breezeway, a service, a tradesman's entrance, as they used to be called here, where it's a you know it's wide enough that you can get your bed through it to get to the cottage. But there was one, um, I think it was on Clipper. It was somewhere, on Clipper, and the 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 pathway to it was so skinny that it was a disclosure item because like very little furniture could actually fit through it. Right, and I don't even remember with that one if you could crane furniture in or if you had power lines on the street that made that like even more logistically exciting and it was just basically like skinny furniture that, 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 that you bring in from Ikea and have assembled. You have the Ikea assembly person come and build your furniture and then when it's time to leave, you sell it furnished. Yeah, you know, I mean, I love cottages on the back of lots in San Francisco. I think they make kind of for some of the, the cutest houses over the years. And, um, you know, my husband and I actually uh, looked at one that we almost ended up buying years and years ago. Obviously, we didn't. We, we did something else. Um, but, yeah, like getting to them can be this total nightmare. And it's lucky, I mean, having a narrow trades Man, tra service person alley. Trades person. Uh, trades person alley. Uh, it sounds kind of janky, um, but we've actually seen, you know, million dollar cottages that you have to walk through a garage. Uh, yeah, not walk through a garage where you're opening a regular door with a doorknob. It's you open the garage door with the clicker. Right. You shimmy around someone's car. Or two. Or two. And then you go out the back door through the little space and then the cottage so yeah that one was just weird <laughs> yeah so i mean you know it's it's you've got this beautiful house and you know to get there like you don't really care when you're coming or going for yourself but you know when you're thinking about having people over it's kind of like welcome to my million dollar house come through the the neighbor's garage and don't scratch their car please yeah, exactly <laughs> um which is another one that reminds me of condo homes that are off of building lobbies you hate those. I do. I really do. It's one of Matt Fuller's quirks. Well, it's, why? Why did, just why? Um, it was obviously, you know, spaces at a premium, you make it work, but it's just, it's noisy and it's, it's not very private and the entire building knows your business. 
Well, you close the front door. But they know who's coming and going, what packages you've got, like, you know, when your Amazon deliveries show up. There's a lot you can tell about a person by their mail. Do you open your neighbor's mail? Please say no. <laughs> you don't even have to open their mail. You just see what the, you know, who does, how often does UPS stop by, right? I mean, we all live off of Amazon in San Francisco. Let's just be real. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do not open my neighbor's mail. That Your neighbor is glad to hear that. <laughs> so, does my neighbor open my mail? No. Wow. We've got great neighbors. Don't we? <laughs> um, so, yeah, like 77 Dow is one of those buildings that has uh, a couple homes right off of the lobby entrance. There's uh, some of the older buildings um, on the north end, like Knob Hill, Pack Heights that I can think of. I'm not going to name all of those addresses. There's even some like really new stuff. Like I want to say 45 Jasper, even though it's a rental building, um, those plans called for a couple units uh, right off of the lobby. Hmm. So, and uh, if that's not strange enough, uh, how's this one? How about being uh, a market rate condo in a below market rate building? How do you comp that? That's a tough one. Would you buy that? I don't think I would. Would you advise a buyer to buy that? I think I would not. Yeah, I mean, I can think of two of them. Um, there's there's the building at 1600 Market, um, which is, I want to say... Is that the right address? Pretty sure it's the right address-ish. Uh, um, but it's uh, a 35-unit building, I want to say, uh, overground floor, retail, and 34 of them are BMR homes. One is market rate. Um, and it doesn't have parking either, as I recall. Oof. And then there's 888 7th Street. Um, that's which probably is probably like, what, 80, 90% BMRs? Exactly. You know, like a couple hundred units, almost all BMRs. I want to say it covered the BMRs for the Infinity, I think it was the Infinity. and something else, maybe even combined in there. Um, and they've got, you know, a smattering of homes that, are, again, are at market rate. But yeah, you know, and it's, what's interesting about that is that the lender wouldn't lend on the single family house surrounded by commercial, but there is always a lender who has been willing to lend on the market rate condo surrounded by below market rate condos. It's a conundrum. Well, I mean, my hunch is they probably don't really even understand what they're lending on, given the one time we did a, you know, a foreclosure that was on a, a BMR and like the um, institution that had foreclosed on the property really didn't understand what they were selling, you know, so that, that, that's my guess. Yeah. Um, if they realize. Whoopsies. So, you know, there you have it. Those are some of like, we've been trying to think of, uh, there's obviously kind of cute, adorable, interesting, quirky locations, but kind of the... I don't want to say less desirable, but I'll say less desirable, like some of the, the more challenging locations we've seen over the years. Yeah, I mean, so we live in a city. It's compact. It's dense. People expect noise and such, but when you get extreme noise, like living over a bar, um, that can have a, an effect on the value. And also sometimes it's not, I'm not going to put this in the weird location category, but sometimes people object to be, be to being located right next to a school. Not necessarily in um, like a high school, but a little kid school where there are adorable young kids out playing in the playground and stuff it can be loud. 
not only can it be loud, I mean, not only, I mean, children are noisy, right? I mean, children are noisy. That's cool. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but also to your point, exactly. Traffic, the drop off, um, since we, the drop off and the pickup. Yeah. Cause are there school buses? There are school buses. Um, you know, but a lot of people don't take school buses. Um, and even when you have school buses, it's, you know, you've got traffic stops and everyone right. waits and, and, and there's that part of it. But yeah, you know, pick up and drop off can be really, really messy. Yeah. Um, think it, yeah. It can block up a street. But that's the flip side of that is that, you know, while that will definitely turn off some people, you know, you always have someone on the flip side, depending on what, well, depending on what school it is, who wants to be close to a school. Right. You know, we, uh, we still do have a few kids in San Francisco. They're not all completely gone. They're not all gone. Not yet. All right. So those are some interesting locations and we, we hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Uh, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.